Italians. Now, earlier this week, I told you about the news that broke that COVID was present earlier than they thought in Italy. In northern Italy, uh, they found that it was already uh, there in the wastewater in December. That's well before patients started showing up sick in hospitals. At the start of the pandemic here in Ontario, we, we spoke uh, with the organization called Swim, Drink, Fish. They monitor water safety in Lake Ontario, and they recommend recommended at the time that we could trace COVID outbreaks by testing water samples from our sewage treatment plants, much like they did in Italy. Um, that is exactly what researchers at Ryerson University are doing as the province begins to reopen. Kim Gilbride, Kim, let me try this again. Kim Gilbride is a professor of chemistry and biology at Ryerson University. And Claire Oswald is associate professor in the Department of Geography and Environmental Studies at Ryerson. And they both joins the show right now. Welcome to the program, ladies. Hi, thanks so much yeah. for having Kim and I on. Good to have you on. So you're looking into sewage to track remnants of the virus that caused COVID-19. Um, Kimberly, let's start off with you. What information are you hoping to find out about the pandemic? Um, what, what can you learn from our wastewater? Uh, well, because people who have the, the disease uh, will shed the virus in their um, poop. I guess I can say that on the radio. You can so say it on the radio. We all do it. <laughs> yes, we all do it. And that's uh, probably the, the best part of this whole project is because everybody does it every day. Um, once they have the infection or even before they have, you know, before we see clinical uh, symptoms of the infection, they'll start, your body starts to clear out uh, foreign things and the virus being one of them. And so we end up with the virus uh, in the feces, which ends up in the wastewater treatment plant. So uh, we can then go into the wastewater treatment plant and take a sample and look for the RNA that we find in the virus. And that will tell us, uh, by the amount of RNA that we can find, they'll tell us really how much uh, uh, virus is in the community and how much, um, you know, how many people are actually shedding, shedding the virus. And the RNA shows up whether the virus is active, contagious or not, correct? That's right. The RNA... Uh, and, the, we probably don't have any infectious particles at the wastewater treatment plant because just uh, the biology of the virus, it's an envelope virus, and the envelope is very sensitive and probably doesn't, uh, you know, survive its trip <laughs> from your toilet. It, it probably you may not even be pooping out infectious virus, so, and it doesn't survive the trip to the wastewater treatment plant. So we're just looking for the RNA. It's almost looking like looking for a fingerprint. So if you're, you could be somewhere and we can find your fingerprint, that doesn't mean that you're there, but we know that you have been there. Right. So we can do, this, so we can do the same thing and we can look and, and if we find the, the RNA, then we know that people in the community have had the infection. So you're partnered with Toronto Public Health, with Toronto Water and Public Health Ontario. Claire, over to you. Uh, can you describe what exactly is going to be done and how the roles uh, are going to be allotted for everyone in this study? Yeah, sure. So um, hopefully Kim's group in the next couple of weeks will be able to get some samples from a wastewater treatment plant in Toronto, and we'll be taking those back to her lab at Ryerson University, and she'll be looking for the RNA like she just described. And then, you know, once um, she's got her laboratory protocol all figured out for that, uh, what we're planning to do is actually to move up into the sewer network away from the wastewater treatment plant uh, into uh, neighbourhoods and uh, try and collect samples uh, from the sewer pipes in those neighborhoods so that we can kind of be looking at the quantity of the genetic material of the virus um, at smaller scales. 
And then what we want to do with that information is if we can find it at those smaller neighborhood scales Hmm. is actually link that information um, with data on population characteristics, um, perhaps locations of potential hotspots of infection like long-term care facilities or hospitals. Um, And then we can also link it up with the um, clinical infection data that Toronto Public Health has been releasing online to see if what we're finding in the sewers actually has a good relationship um, with what the clinical testing is showing. So you're basically fecal contact tracing almost. If you can get that, that if you can get it down to a neighborhood, then that that's going to be incredibly helpful. So where will your research be focused in in Toronto on the, or will you expand out to the GTA if this is uh, showing some positive results? Yeah, so we're going to start in uh, one section of Toronto and uh, move up through the sewer system in that area of Toronto. Um, and then if the, you know, if the results of the projects show some promise and if our uh, partners at, uh, in public health um, you know, see value in the results that we're giving them and see that it could be a complementary tool for tracking uh, trends in infection or hotspots in infection, then I think there is a the potential to scale it up to the entire city. There are other uh, uh, groups, other academics and scientists doing this work in other um, jurisdictions around the country. So we'll be communicating with them as well and uh, trying to make sure we're all working together on this. Kim, is there a threshold, a certain threshold you'll be watching for? You're, you're collecting the RNA and looking for that in the sewage water that'll indicate that we are on our way to a second wave. Uh, for now, we're just going to be looking at trends. So if we see more and more of the RNA, we'll know that the infection sense have gone up. If we see less and less, we'll know the infections go- have gone down. Uh, a lot of groups have been doing this all over the world, and I'm not sure that anybody has come up with an exact threshold yet on uh, you know, how many people have to be shedding for you, for you to get a signal at the wastewater treatment plant. So that's something, like Claire says, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, communication with other groups in the in Canada, but also worldwide, to make sure that we're all talking. So, if we can figure out exactly what the threshold is, then everybody will be looking for it. But for now, everybody's looking at trends. You know, as we more, yeah, yeah. As you see more, then then you'll be able to uh, sound the alarm. I'm guessing. Yes, that's right. If you see an upward trend, trend, you know that means there's more infections in that particular community. So then uh, public health can go in and suggest people in the community get tested. Um, and then hopefully we hopefully we don't see a second wave. Um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, that's that's really, I guess, the goal of all of this is to sort of another way of tracking uh, where the virus is and how prevalent the virus is. And um, in order to avoid uh, having too many people it's incredibly uh, important work. And what we've seen during this pandemic is some people are right on board with cooperating with Toronto Public Health and what Public Health Ontario is wanting us to do. And other people are incredibly resistant. What is lovely about your research, as you say, everybody poops. You just can't opt out of this research. The question is, how long will this last? I mean, I know that you you received some money. Um, it was uh, in order to do this research, but presumably... Uh, you know, the money doesn't last forever, as we know. How long can it go for? Well, we have money for... Go ahead, Kim. Okay. So we have money for a year. Yeah, so we have money for a year. Uh, But we're hoping that if we can 
show that this is a really great technique in order to locate infectious diseases in the city. We hope in the future to probably use the same technology to track any kind of infection that might, um, you know, the population in any city might come down with. So we're hoping that it will be more long term. But again, uh, I guess we'll see as we go along. Yeah, well, listen, I think it's fascinating work you're doing, and it is important work. And any way we can avoid and be alerted to a possible second wave and uh, and do something to, to, to avoid that is great in my books. Kim, Claire, thank you so much for your time today. And it's a very important work you're doing, so uh, I'll let you get back to it. Thanks so thank much, you very Kelly. much.